In 2021, there were more than 3 million new gun owners in the United States, and now around 42% of all households in the United States have a firearm. People support the Second Amendment. For firearm enthusiasts, suppressors are a good idea when practicing at the range, indoors or outdoors. I mean, a suppressor doesn't silence your firearm, but it does help to protect your hearing, and even more so for those who like to spend a lot of time training with their firearms. My friends at Silencer Shop are the industry leader for suppressors. They're a Texas-based company, and their customer reviews are awesome. So if you're new to shooting suppress, I want you to know that Silencer Shop has made the NFA process easy. Details are online at silencershop.com with free shipping and no transfer fees. And their suppressors start at just $365. Search Silencer Shop on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube and spend more time at the range protected with a suppressor that's right for you. See their variety and how to get yours through silencershop.com. That's silencershop.com. Secretary Yellen said recently that some of the tariffs on Chinese imports impose more harm on consumers and businesses and aren't very strategic. Do you share that view and are you considering taking down some of those tariffs? I'm, I'm talking with the Secretary when we get home. I am considering it. We do not impose any of those tariffs. They're imposed by the last administration, and they're under consideration. Very quickly, you didn't want to get involved in the Ukraine conflict militarily for obvious reasons. Are you willing to get involved militarily to defend Taiwan if it comes to that? Yes. You are? That's the commitment we made. That's the commitment we made. We are not. Look, here's the situation. We agree with a one-China policy. We signed on to it, and all the attendant agreements made from there. But the idea that that it can be taken by force, just taken by force, is just not is just not appropriate. It will dislocate the entire region, and be another action similar to what happened in in uh, in Ukraine. And so it's a it's a burden that is even stronger. And when it comes to the gas prices, uh, we're going through an incredible transition that is taking place that, God willing, when it's over, will be stronger and the world will be stronger and less reliant on fossil fuels when this is over. <laughs> Thus far, so that been- is the this is the president speaking about gas prices, and he's apparently has made a mess of stuff, uh, a horrible mess of things. Uh when he's on his Asian tour. Welcome to the program. Dana Lash here with you today. Happy Monday to you. And to get started with this, he already, there's been a major White House walk back because he was in, he's, he, I I told you that last week he went to South Korea and he's going to be meeting with, uh, representation from Japan and South Korea and I believe some other um, South Asian countries. And when he was in Tokyo, and this was, it's our today, but it was it was uh, a little bit earlier. When he was in Tokyo, uh, he had said that the United States would get militarily, would get involved militarily to defend Taiwan. Now, I realize, too, what the policy that we have had, it's been, you know, a little bit weird, um, with uh, this ambiguous, I mean, that's the, the the strategic ambiguity, and that's been kind of the entire point in the United States dealing with us. And they, and it's not just been, I will say it hasn't just been Biden's uh, 
administration. It's been before him. It was it was even Obama and it was it was, it was Trump. It was Obama. Trump, not so much, but Obama, definitely. So Trump was a little bit more uh, enthusiastically anti-China than I think perhaps anybody else was. But the whole situation is now that looks like it was um a, it was kind of like a, an abridgment of that strategic ambiguity and so now the white house has been trying to walk this back they're trying to say well this is what biden really meant i mean he's the president of the united states i mean he's over there speaking in tokyo if the president of the united states can't exactly explain what he means when he says it that's kind of a problem and this is what the white house has been doing over and over and over again and so this is just you know the latest example of it so the one white house official said no you know our our policy hasn't changed he reiterated the one china policy and our commitment and to to peace and stability across the taiwan strait and he also reiterated our commitment under the taiwan relations act to provide taiwan with military means to defend it to defend itself now Here's where the strategic ambiguity comes in, because, I mean, I, that's not at all what he said, and that's why the White House clarified it. The strategic ambiguity thing, when, here it is, in, like, in a sentence, he reiterated the one China policy, and then also our commitment under the Taiwan Relations Act to provide Taiwan with a military means to defend itself. Okay, so how is that? That's what I'm talking about, the strategic ambiguity. I mean, the idea that, well, Taiwan's part of one China, but no. Not really. Instead of just coming out and saying it's its own sovereign nation and has been since the time of its creation. And so this is what they're talking about. The whole, uh, the walk back of this, because that would anger, I mean, that angers China. Who was it? Was it John Cena? I think it was John Cena and a couple of other people that have had to uh, apologize and make these videos because they somehow they when they were promoting movies they said uh, they referred to taiwan as its own separate country and that really made china mad because china likes the uh they well they pretend that taiwan is part of theirs they pretend that taiwan's there so biden told reporters when he was asked about it he goes well that's the commitment we made he said that's the commitment that we made that we would you know get involved militarily now i had said on social media a little earlier and I, there are people, even conservatives, who apparently don't understand what this means, which is so incredibly frustrating. Uh, like, for instance, this one, I, and I don't like to use randos, but I'm sorry, but there's a number of stupid people on the right and left out there. And I don't feel like, I don't, I don't give a rat's ass about being nice about it. Someone was like, well, I guess we're not going to help any of the countries that we promised, you know, help to, et cetera, et cetera. Well, first off, I love how everyone just skips right over the whole, well, let's engage in, in some, what, whether or not it's diplomacy or some economic uh, uh, strategic maneuvers in order to avoid anything like this. Now, that's one of the things that Trump was doing when we were instituting these tariffs against uh, China. That's one of the things that we were doing. There were several other things that were that were that we could have put into play that it was a little bit harder, especially uh, when he ended up losing control of the House in midterms. But the whole point is and is what we do before what, what what do we do before we get to that whole point case here's just proving my point literally two weeks ago biden says the white house could drop the trump china tariffs to lower consumer prices now we're also still i've been saying that we need to do everything possible to make all of this uh to make the this easy trade and cheap products coming in from china a hell of a lot harder for people but the whole point is that he was saying that 
Uh, We could drop some of the tariffs imposed against Chinese imports to help control rising consumer prices. Or we could, you know, we could also not spend a whole hell of a lot. That's, you know, that's also a point. We could not spend a whole bunch. But he was looking at trying to undo some of the stuff that that Trump had levied for a reason against China. This is just one of one of many examples that I can give you. So what we do up until the point of, you know, engagement, like an actual armed, you know, military conflict, that's that's the whole point of this. And there are there are so many things that Biden's not doing. Biden, his decisions, his maneuvers, his gaffes, you know, his his policy just outright is it makes it absolutely impossible to uh, I, I mean, really, honestly, try to stay out of everything. Look at what he, I mean, for just for instance, for with Russia, how, why in the world were we still bringing in Russian crude? Why did he go ahead and green light the completion of Nord Stream 2 when the people who had been doing that just prior in the Trump administration had been, uh, well, they had, they had, they had uh, sanctions against them. So these moves that he's, that he makes undermines not just, uh, I think, our influence in the particular issue, but it also reduces the number of cards that we can play. When you start empowering China more and more, and that's what he wa- exactly what he wants to do with this Green New Deal, for instance. Giving the, instead of going from Saudi oil, we would be going to Chinese rare earth uh, elements. Rare earth metals. We'd be, going, we'd be going from one thing to the other. I mean, it, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Everything that leading up to military engagement he is making one disastrous move out of an uh, right after another and just further further it's just like we're being we're just it's just like expediting this whole journey from trying to stay out of something to getting involved in something it's just it's infuriating it's infuriating when people are like well i guess we're not going to be you know we're not going to help any of these you know any of these countries i mean what is what are we supposed to do if they evade? well that's the point what are we supposed to do we should be doing that stuff before this point Everyone ignores that. Everyone ignores that whole point. It's not, it's not whether or not we have to respond if, say, heaven forbid, China invades Taiwan. But the question is, what can we do in the meantime to prevent something like that with the tools that we have at our disposal? Instead of ignoring that fact, like Biden does, and then demanding and then saying that anyone who doesn't want to get involved, well, they're just not wanting to uphold promises to our allies. It's kind of it's difficult to uphold promises to the allies when you have all these elected leaders uh, who are in charge of Washington, D.C., who simply make it impossible for us to do so because they ignore every every card we could play up to that point. So. This is one of the things that we're watching here. I have a few other, we're going to come back to this too, because this is going to play out all the rest of the day. And I think this is going to really haunt the rest of his trip uh, in Asia. So he has announced a 12 nation uh, trade agreement details. We're going to, I'll dive into that. Details are a little, eh, we don't know a lot about it just yet. Oh, by the way, when he got off the plane in South Korea, apparently he was wearing a mask and then he took it off when he started meeting people. Nice. Title 42, this thing, there was a judge, let me pull this up. So it's supposed to be lifted this week. A federal judge blocked the administration from doing it uh, along the U.S.-Mexico border for now. And that was a federal judge in Louisiana that was able to do that. Uh, This judge, and uh, there were a couple of outlets, Reuters, CNN, a number have reported this. They said that this federal judge blocked this uh, Title 42 from being lifted. So this is going to be litigated a little bit more. But uh, 
I mean, it's days away from ending. So I'll keep, we'll, we'll dive into that and keep you up to date on that as well. Also, coming up later on in the show, and we'll just, just stack the deck here for you, I have some wokery, and the next panic is apparently monkeypox, but it sounds like it's more of a sexual transmitted disease than anything else. So we're, we're apparently forcing people into lockdown. Every, from everything I've read, from NBC News, Washington Post, The Guardian, um, Australian media, apparently the most rampant ways of transmitting this because you have to be with bodily fluids. Um, they are looking at to see how close maybe respiratory droplets, but it's mainly bodily fluids. So it sounds like a sexually transmitted disease. And we're going to get into that. In fact, one of the doctors at the Biodesign Center for Immunotherapy, Vaccines and Virotherapy at ASU uh, said that, quote, I'm guessing that sexual transmission will be high on the list of potential culprits. It's Dr. Grant McFadden who gave that statement to NBC News. So Belgium's beginning quarantines for something that is, sounds like it's essentially a, an STD. Folks, how much control do you really have over your finances? So lately we've seen an all-out assault on freedoms and liberties by the government. Mask mandates, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, everybody trying to limit whether or not you can even go to a grocery store or restaurant. And we've seen how quickly the government can infringe on your personal freedoms and they do the same with your finances. This is why I believe in diversifying with gold. Gold is physical. Gold is tangible and gold is safe from government control and gives you true control over your wealth, control that isn't tied to government regulated financial markets. The folks at Legacy Precious Metals are the gold standard when it comes to investing in precious metals and their team of experts can counsel you on the best options for you and your family. Take control of your financial situation and call Legacy Precious Metals at 866-580-2088 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So scientists say that something weird is going on with our universe. Hubble detects changes in the rate of expansion that cannot be con- explained by current physics. At the, it's, They say it's expanding away from us at a strange rate. It's new data from the Hubble Space Telescope. Uh, the telescope completed this 30-year marathon of data collection and created these milepost markers to precisely measure the expansion rate of the universe. So NASA, these, these, they said that it's expanding. The way it's expanding and the rate at which is, it is expanding cannot be explained by current physics. So essentially, the universe does not even want to be near us because we are so awful of a people on a planet. That's just what I'm getting out of this. I mean, I would too. This is probably also why aliens don't visit. Unvaccinated Air Force cadets receive diplomas, but no commissions. According to the Washington Examiner, cadets at the Air Force Academy that refuse to get vaccinated, they are receiving their diplomas, but they are not receiving their uh, there any commission. They also cannot uh, attend that they could, can't attend the ceremony. Three cadets who refuse to get the vaccine, and it doesn't matter whether or not you already have it and are naturally immune. And this isn't a vaccine; it's a therapeutic injection that no one, nobody knows what the hell it does. And any disinformation is suppression of what I just said. The three cadets that refused to get the injection were told earlier this month that they had the option of getting it or not receiving a degree or commission after graduation. And there was a fourth cadet who decided to do it before Wednesday's graduation. The other three get their degrees, but they will not receive any kind of commission. And also, the Air Force is going to determine and whether or not they're going to have to reimburse the United States for the cost of their education because they won't be serving. 
See, this is when, this is when, I, I think, yeah, I think that absolutely you have a show of force on this, that you absolutely protest over. This is just absolute garbage. These these things, they're, they, this is not even based on science. This is a political thing anymore. And if the Air Force doesn't want to, and this, by the way, these are our tax dollars. And as a taxpayer who probably pays more into the government than the people making these decisions receive in a year, I say that they go ahead and they don't have to pay the United States back for the cost of their education. But I think that the Secretary of the Air Force should reimburse us taxpayers for the entirety of their salary for all years served because they're so damn stupid. I don't trust such a jackass in charge of the Air Force. How about that? Moving on. And it's true. Uh, let's see here. We were telling you about how the president is visiting uh, Taiwan. Well, he's visiting South Korea and Japan. He spoke in Tokyo a little bit earlier. The White House is having to walk back those remarks already. Additionally, uh, this is a man who was fatally shot on a Manhattan subway in an unprovoked attack. Another one of these instances in New York City. This was the Q train across the East River Sunday morning. Uh, this a vocal coach. He thought he heard a firecracker going off, this Dmitry Glavinsky, and he looked up and saw a man standing in the middle of the car holding a gun, and uh, the guy who was hit, Daniel Enriquez, 48, hit in the chest and killed, and they, this is like what, right after the last uh, mass casualty event that was on the N-Train in which 23 people were injured, New York has a problem, and it's not from law-abiding people carrying it's from the criminals that they refuse to charge in jail most of the time kansas police have uh, identified this is insane kansas police have identified um a perpetrator that apparently defecated in a wichita beauty store i don't know it's wichita police department they say a woman entered a beauty supply store on may 10th and defecated in the middle of the aisle the uh police department's facebook account joke that they confirmed it's not amber heard yeah, so they have a good humor about it. Stay with us. we got a lot more in store. I've talked a lot about the Keltec KSG shotgun over the years, and it's no secret how much I love it. It's become the go-to shotgun for law enforcement and home defense, and for a really good reason. Uh, but why am I such a huge fan of the Keltec KSG? Well, like everything that Keltec invents, it created an entirely new class of shotgun. And the one that started it all is the KSG shotgun. It's the first 12-gauge pump-action shotgun chambered for three-inch shells. And with its dual tube mags, offers a capacity of 12 plus one. So that's six rounds in each tube plus one chambered. If you prefer two and three quarter inch shells, even better because the KSG holds seven plus seven plus one. That's 15 shells. You cannot ignore the downward shell ejection either. It makes the KSG truly ambidextrous and ejects shells away from your face. It's brilliant design. See the Keltec KSG up close and personal at KeltecWeapons.com. That's K E L. TECweapons.com. Again, to find out more, visit KeltecWeapons.com. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Thus far, there doesn't seem to be a need for any kind of extra, extra effort beyond what's going on. And so I, I just don't think it rises to the level of the kind of concern that existed with COVID-19 or, and uh, the smallpox vaccine works for it. So, uh, but I think people should be careful. So that's Joe Biden talking about monkeypox. The next thing that you need to be freaked out about, apparently. Everyone freak out. Go and buy French toast supply. Actually, I think that's just for snow. The French toast supplies. I got confused. Welcome back to the show, Dana Lash. Yeah, you don't, I mean, if it's monkeypox, I don't know what 
being able to make a gobs of French toast is going to do. So monkeypox is like apparently the next thing. And Belgium, let me pull this up, is it reportedly starting monkeypox quarantines, which sounds like a really interesting album name. Oh, this is monkey, like how you had Exile, Exile Main Street. Uh, uh, you could have uh, monkeypox quarantine. Biden says, well, people should be concerned. Just be careful. I don't think there's anything, you know, maybe we shouldn't do anything so far. And there's a number of, Spain has the highest count so far, followed by Portugal, UK, Canada, five. The United States has two, apparently. So we have two cases and everyone's going to freak out. You have two cases. And he said, if it spreads, you know, then that's going to be, that's going to, you know. And apparently Jake Sullivan said, well, we have, quote unquote, vaccines, I guess, whatever that means, able to be deployed. And Susan Hopkins, she said that, the monkey, she said, monkeypox is spreading through the community and transmission in the UK with more uh, cases being detected daily. 11 Brits tested positive. It's a total of 20 now. And they said there was one person from West Africa that had it, apparently, but these people did not come in contact with that person. So there's questions as to, well, what is it? How did it spread? Like, what's going on here? So apparently, Everyone's like the monkeypox outbreak. They say that the cases are mild and it looks like smallpox, but it's less contagious and less severe, if you want to believe it. Uh, the senior scientist, John Hopkins, Bloomberg School of Health, monkeypox is not highly transmissible. There's not going to be a bunch of outbreaks, but they said there's going to be small outbreaks and you can kill it with household disinfectants. And so, oh, are you telling us to drink bleach? It sounds like the CDC says they're telling us to drink bleach. Isn't that how that goes? CDC says it can be killed on surfaces with common household disinfectants. So I'm just going to go ahead and do what the left does. I'm just assuming that the, the CDC is telling us to all drink bleach. So this is what gets me because I'm like, well, wait a minute. And I, I didn't talk about this a lot last week just because it just seemed a lot of, you know, hoopla over nothing. We apparently ordered $299 million worth of a vaccine called I can't, it's just letters, J-Y-N-N-E-O-S. It's used to prevent both small and monkeypox. It comes from Bavarian Nordic. Golly, what a company name. It's a biotech company, Bavarian Nordic, which makes all the vaccine. It's going to convert bulk vaccines. Well, I don't care about any of this, blah, blah, blah. So it was first, it's, so it's all over in, in Europe. And they said it's been more animal to humans you know, in the past, and they said that it's spread with humans that have close bodily con- uh, contact. Oh, here's the here's a report. Now we're getting into the middle of it. Here is one paragraph that you might want to know before you decide to go and get your PPE and do all that crap again. You ready? This is uh, from the John Hopkins people. Reports have speculated that the virus being seen is sexually transmitted as several people who tested positive for monkeypox were gay or bisexual men. Spain's outbreak has been traced to a single sauna popular with gay men who look for sex. So, it's a viral disease. It was discovered in the 50s. The last major outbreak was in 2003. And the f- symptoms include fever, headache, body aches, blah, blah, blah. So basically, it sounds like a sexually transmitted disease. And that's exactly what Dr. Grant McFadden, Director of Biodesign Center for Immunotherapy, Vaccines, and Virotherapy at Arizona State University, said. He was quoted. 
as everyone's starting to get all freaked out about this. It doesn't easily jump from person to person unless it sounds like you're physically jumping that person. They said previously an infected animal through bites was how it's done, but no, 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 no. That's not how it's happening right now. Scientists learned, this is NBC, that the virus spreads through the exchange of large respiratory droplets or mainly via direct contact with bodily fluids, lesions that form during infection or contaminated items like clothing or bedding. They say it's not considered a sexually transmitted infection, but it's passed during sexual encounters. Sounds like it's a STD. They said that the recent cases in Europe are amongst men who have intercourse with men. And the CDC suggested that some recent cases started out with lesions around the nether regions. And that's where you have Dr. Grant McFadden's case. McFadden said that the genetic sequence of the monkeypox virus that has infected people in Europe looks relatively run of a mill. That's a clue that human behavior rather than inherent changes in the virus itself is driving new cases. McFadden said, quote, it could be just a simple accidental chain, for example, into the gay community. And he says that and he was the one who was he and other people at ASU apparently were giving uh, quotes. So they go into the whole monkeypox thing, the number of cases, miss some early cases, et cetera, et cetera. So, again, before you decide to run out, freak out, mask yourself up, maybe kind of check out what's being said about it. Washington Post. Expert. Monkeypox. Washington Post, by the way, you know that super conservative website. Expert says monkeypox likely spread by sex at two raves in Europe. A lady health advisor to the WHO described the unprecedented outbreak of monkeypox. In developed countries is a random event that might be explained by sexual behavior at two recent raves in Europe. Damn raves. Dr. David Heyman, who headed up WHO's emergencies department. Steve, you better be careful about them raves. You don't get that monkey pox. I'm kidding. The AP said that the leading theory. Steve's a good boy. The leading theory to explain the spread of the disease was two raves that they had in Spain and Belgium. In Spain, though, it was that sauna. But then there was a rave, and then there was a rave in Belgium. So I don't think that anybody needs to freak out and go, even though that's how it's kind of being, I think, presented by the pandemic lovers. I think there were people who loved the pandemic, and they loved the lockdown, and I think that they want another one. Honestly, I don't know what to attribute it to. Like in New York City, they're all going, we need to wear masks again, even in, in, in the inside. Shut up, then wear your mask. If you wear your mask, you're okay, right? Because your mask is like your superpower, isn't it? It's like a force field. The mask will prevent you from getting sick at all whatsoever. So if you're worried about, you know, COVID, then just wear your little mask and you're going to be happy, right? Then that what you, you believe can go ahead and do that. No one else needs to cover their face. And it's like those same people are also now waving their hands and freaking out about monkeypox, which sounds like a virus entirely dependent upon its spread by human behavior. Wink, wink. So... I don't know why we're trying. I don't know why anybody wants to turn this into a big thing. And especially if it's like a mild thing. I just think it looks gross. I don't know if you've seen pictures. Somebody had like stuff on their hands. It looks gross. So, yeah, that's the next big, the next big freak out. So I don't know what they think is going to happen now. But I, I, I don't see that there's any. And why? And we're spending millions of dollars on this. Millions of dollars on something that seems like it's more human behavior than anything else. It just that does not seem like a worthwhile trade to me.
just to be entirely honest about it. It doesn't seem like a worthwhile trade. So the other things happening this week, Title 42, the U.S. began lifting, airlifting baby formula from Europe because apparently the people who determined that we needed to use military uh, planes to go and get infant formula for, from Europe, I, they forgot that we had the private ability to ship things from other countries on things like boats. They're called boats. They're these, these, these structures that float on the water and they have engines and stuff. And then what are non-military planes, even commercial airlines. So apparently the people who decided to write this, Tom Vilsack, so many jokes, the agriculture secretary, he was speaking in Indianapolis and they, were, they made a big show about a plane that came in from Rammstein Air Base in Germany. And they said, yes, look, we've got the formula, woo. I mean, they, they could have just not been blocking shipments of formula from Europe this entire flipping time because that's what they, you realize that that's what was happening, right? That, that Customs was taking formula that was coming in from Europe and destroying it and, and you're not allowed to ship it in from Europe. All literally they had to do was say, no, you can do that now. They didn't, ha- but they wanted to make a big show. They wanted to make a big show. Look, we're saving babies. I mean, out of the uterus, out of the uterus anyway. We're saving them. And they wanted a big thing to make it look like Biden was getting something done when all he literally had to do was say, hey, go ahead and allow these shipments to come in from Europe. This is the stupidest flex I've ever seen in my life. People are eating this up. They're like, oh, yay, that military plane that came in. You're so great, Tom, Bill Sack. Maybe they're not cheering him specifically, but Nestle produces two of the formula brands that were part of the, sh- the shipment. They said that uh, because they're designed for kids with allergies, they would be available through hospitals and home health care companies, small quantities potentially available online. Again, you didn't even need to do the Defense Production Act to increase production and authorize use of de- de- Defense Department planes. You didn't even have to do that. All you had to do was allow people to purchase formula from Europe and have it come in with everything else. Right? I mean, it's a, I got a damn bottle of olive oil from Italy that came in in like the last week. You're not telling me they couldn't have thrown some cans of formula on the damn the, the plane that or ship or whatever that brought my olive oil over? You're telling me that they couldn't throw in some cans of formula on that? Shut up. I don't believe it. This is so silly. This whole thing is a problem that government created and the government wants to act like it's, hey, look, we solved it. But you actually didn't because it's still going to be bad unless you allow for purchase an importation of formula from Europe, it's not going to improve. So I don't know what they think they're doing. <sighs> so ridiculous. But I mean, at least, you know, we're getting some formula. There's one plane load. It's not like we've gotten millions of babies in the country or anything. Meantime, sick babies have been admitted to the hospital because of this formula shortage. Infants in the U.S. have been admitted to the hospital because of formula shortages. Pediatricians say the crisis is worsening and that hospitals can only provide short-term solutions. This sounds like back in the days of, I don't know, like bef- like before we had child labor laws and stuff, back before we had like electricity and gasoline-powered vehicles, the horse and buggy. This is what it sounds like. We're, we have t- transported ourselves back into the days of yore because... We would not allow, and we still have not remedied, just being able to simply purchase baby formula and having it come in from Europe. Think about all the stuff that you purchase. Think about all the stuff that you've bought and how much of that stuff is made overseas. 
I know. Like we should get, but, but I'm, but I'm telling you, there's. I, I wanted a particular type of olive oil that's like for Italy, and so blah blah blah. Long story short, though, just think about how many things that, for instance, even things that you buy that are U.S. made that have parts or materials that come from elsewhere out of the country. Every one of those shipments in all these countries, I mean, you could you could utilize that. Instead of having to make a big show of using a military plane. Look, we brought some baby formula. Woo! High fives, backpats. It's, it's theater. If they really cared, they would actually make it to where you could just order and not have your stuff confiscated. A friend of mine was saying that her younger sister ordered um, uh, like several, I don't know how many cans come on one of these whole boxes. I think it's like quite a bit that had ordered uh, three boxes, huge boxes, shipments of a formula in every single bit of it was uh, seized at by by customs and destroyed. And she just and she was like, where's my order? Why is everything said that there was a delay in shipping and that something got held up at customs? And then when she finally got the notice that it had been seized. So maybe the government could not do that. And then we wouldn't have to do Operation, quote unquote, fly formula, which sounds like it's just food for uh, maggots instead of like humans. It's just weird. Almost every day we hear about another major corporation that's gone woke, tormenting their employees with progressive propaganda and funding organizations that seem to hate the country and values and free speech and rights in the Constitution. So this is why I'm proud to support Patriot Mobile. It's America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers, so you get the same great service, plus you get the peace of mind that your money is supporting free speech, life, and liberty. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, and they're 100% U.S. US-based customer support team provides exceptional customer service. Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations that fight for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, our veterans, and first responder heroes. Visit patriotmobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with offer code Dana. Veterans and first responders save even more, so make that switch today. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares your values. patriotmobile.com slash Dana. That's patriotmobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT today. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. So Biden was asked, I don't know if you could hear in that, Biden was asked whether or not he went had a message for Kim Jong-un, and he said, hello, period. And that was literally what he just said, and that was his message. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, goodness. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here. I was laughing out loud at this headline. I was, this was uh, from a couple of days ago. It was on Saturday. Uh, Vogue magazine, the publisher, asked a British pub to change its name, and it refused. Mark Graham is the owner of a pub called Star Inn at Vogue. And it's, a, it's like, a, like actual, an actual town at Vogue. And they said, dear sirs, our company is the proprietor of the Vogue Mark, not only for its world-famous magazine first published in November 1916, but in respect of other goods and services offered to the public by our company. The letter said that people might make a, ne- a connection between Graham's Pub and Condé Nast's Vogue brand, and Graham should change his name, the bar's name, to avoid problems arising. And Graham said that he laughed about it at first. He did an interview with the press. Uh, and the pub owner looked into Condé Nast and realizes the they were very serious, Vogue is a village in Saint Day Parish, home to roughly 
4,500 residents in England's southwestern country of Cornwall. Beautiful area. Graham said it's a place where the horses and sheep graze in open fields and a stream runs past his pub. Everyone knows each other's names in vogue, Graham said, and they'll say hello even if they, they don't. So him and his wife have lived above the pub for 17 years. And so he said, he wrote them and said, whilst I find found your letter interesting on the one hand, I also found it hilariously funny on the other. If a member of your staff had taken the time to investigate, they would have discovered that our company Star Inn is, the, is in the small village of Vogue near St. Day in Cornwall, and that it's existed for hundreds of years, and the town does not derive its name from the English word, meaning popular acceptance or favor, but rather the Cornish word, which refers to a tin house. And he wrote that he presumed Madonna did not seek permission from Condé Nast to use the word in her 1990s song Vogue, and she did not seek our permission either. And he said, it's a categoric no, we're not going to be changing our name. But he was nice and invited them to come for a beer on the house. So finally... Uh, they they got some local media about it, and the company Vogue wrote back and said, "Okay, yeah, we understand." But what would they have done to like a guy who you know they didn't have that backstory? I don't know. Stick with it. Second hour on the way. Have you heard of American Wagyu? No. Well, I'm here to tell you it is some of the most sought after beef in the world, and I can get you two free pounds. So our new friends at Good Ranchers are giving you two pounds of their American Wagyu burgers for free with my code Dana. So not only does Good Ranchers sell 100% American meat that is steakhouse quality, it is one of the best burgers on the market. And you'll find boxes like the Ranchers Classic, their best-selling combo of beef and chicken, or the new Prepper Kit. And with meat prices soaring, Good Ranchers will help you stock up. Have food security and save $25 on every box for life just with your subscription. So as long as you're subscribed, your price is not going to change. Two pounds of free Wagyu burgers and zero inflation. Yeah, this offer is not going to last long. So visit GoodRanchers.com Dana to get a box of amazing American meat and get two pounds of free American Wagyu burgers plus free shipping. That's GoodRanchers.com Dana. GoodRanchers.com Dana. Baby formula flown in on a military plane. This is part of the Biden administration's Operation Fly formula as Americans are coping with a nationwide shortage. The pallets of baby formula were flown here from Germany. Uh, this staff, um, the master sergeant overseeing the shipment telling his staff, quote, we are literally saving babies. But this is both a failure as well as a success. The existence of this plane is a failure of the government and a failure of corporations as well, even though these pictures today are meant to symbolize a success by the Biden administration. So here's where this is Brian Stelter, and this is where he gets it wrong. Welcome back to the program. Second hour of our show. I'm Dana Lash. So this is where he gets it wrong. This is, I don't understand why this he says this is a failure by corporations. I, sometimes I think that these people say this garbage just because they think that that's the smart thing to say or they think that that's I mean, I can't imagine anyone thinking that that's in any manner accurate or correct. I don't understand how it's a how this is a uh, an issue of corporations when you're this was the government that did this. This was a government as because the government was not allowing people to purchase baby formula that was that was manufactured and processed in Europe. And there are so many stories with photos and notifications from uh, customs and border patrol about how whenever they would try to order a formula they would have it confiscated and destroyed 
this I don't understand how that's a corporation thing because that was a government policy that was created by people in the party that that Brian Stelter voted for and Brian Stelter supports. That's a Democrat government policy. I mean, it's it's a stupid policy. And so they had to use this military plane to do this, which I don't understand why they had to do that, because the military plane uh, does what private corporations already do. Which is to ship things like formula and other stuff. It's just wild. The whole thing is wild to me. Welcome back to the show. As I said, second hour of the program. He's not the only one. Stelter's not the only one saying this kind of stuff. This is, I mean, it's been repeated by a number of talking heads. They don't think that they don't think that looks good. They don't think it looks good for, I think, the wrong reasons, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it looks bad, period. But not a single one of these people are acknowledging what ultimately caused this. And what caused it was it. I mean, it's it's government regulation. Is there going to be any any calls to change government regulation? Because I think not. Doesn't sound like it, does it? Doesn't sound like there is going to be any calls for it. I mean, not that I see. Um, so far, it's still status quo, still the same. Now, they're also trying to figure out, I don't know, the messaging on gas prices. I wanted to play this audio soundbite. This is our energy secretary, uh, Jennifer Granholm, audio soundbite 14. She was asked about gas prices and if there's going to be any kind of relief for Americans. Listen to this. I think uh, prices are not going to come down uh, in the next few months. I mean, summer driving season, you only see an increase in demand. And that's when prices usually go up even further. So there is all this demand pressure on the price of fuel. So that you, um, our Energy Information Administration has said that the price of gasoline is likely to stay above $4 a gallon uh, through this year. $4 a gallon through this year. What a mess. Absolute mess. $4 a gallon through this year. It's not going to come down this summer. <sighs> Meanwhile, the administration's trying to limit offshore drilling. We lost one way to quickly transport uh, crude from uh, Canada through down to Houston. Lost one method to do that. We have to use rail now because they th- they said the pipeline was somehow less uh, environmentally sound than using a railroad car. Railroad transport. Okay. There you go. Uh, so that's These are all misses. Here's the other miss, and I wanted to play this. This is audio soundbite five because the other, as we're dealing with gas, as we're dealing with the formula... So you've had two major economic missteps. Well, I mean, just that Democrats are forced to acknowledge. But then there was this. This was a, a, a absolute disaster of a situation for the Biden administration and uh, the walk back for this. Listen to this. This is audio sound, but is this five? Yes, five. Secretary Yellen said recently that some of the tariffs on Chinese imports impose more harm on consumers and businesses and aren't very strategic. Do you share that view, and are you considering taking down some of those tariffs? 
I'm, I'm talking with the secretary when we get home. I am considering it. We did not impose any of those tariffs. They were imposed by the last administration, and they're under consideration. Hmm. So it's under consideration. It's something that they actually may remove the tariffs on communist China. So this is what I'm talking about when we have these conversations on how I think that Joe Biden's a warmonger. And everyone's like, oh, I guess we're forgetting, you know, our promises that we've made to uh, countries like Taiwan, etc. That's not at all what's being said. And I love how people skim over the fact that that is the last resort and that we should examine every available option that we have at our disposal to avoid a situation like that. This is one of those options to avoid a situation like that, that we should be exploring. And instead, it's if you don't immediately commit yourself, your family and your children to fighting a war that Joe Biden doesn't want to fight and is also not going to do anything to try to remedy in terms of uh, policing China's behavior with tariffs, etc., then you must be then you must not support any kind of uh, uh, loyalty to our allies. And you don't want to keep your promises. It's always either or with them. And they ignore the big important stuff like, well, what about all of the stuff that we could do to ward that off? And this is one of those things. The situation with tariffs and, and China, this is one of the things that, that Trump had pushed. He hasn't so far done it. And this is, you know, it obviously it, it increases prices on Chinese imports like AirPods and things like that. But it's called a politically perilous choice. He's considering lifting some of this. Biden officials themselves, I think, are actually divided over this. Because you have people like Gina Yellen and then uh, Gina Raimondo, who's the Commerce Secretary. They actually think that these should be removed. And then you have, there are others who, who don't agree with that strategy. I mean, you have, uh, like, for instance, some of the people that, I mean, they're running into opposition with the very agency that administers them. The Office of U.S. Trade Representative, Catherine Tai is the chief of that uh, agency, and she's publicly pushed back on this idea that it would lower inflation. That's their idea. They think that that would some, which is the stupidest thing ever. Stopping your spending is going to what is what is going to lower help to lower inflation. Removing tariffs on China. I think that the whole inflation argument is just a weak cover because Biden wants to help out his son's business partners. That's what I think. There's too much damn money flowing between the Bidens and CCP for me to think anything else, nor should you. I mean, it's just the way it is. They had that Rosemont Seneca. You're talking about so much money. I can't even fathom how much money they ended up breaking off of this. And they were helping the Communist Party of China expand its Belt and Road Initiative and take control of a number of rare earth element mines. And that's the stuff that that gleans the materials that are used for electric vehicles and his green new agenda. And I think that's one of the reasons why he pushes his green new agenda so much, because he stands to make, they stand to make profit off of it through these business arrangements. That's why they were merging out the VP's office. I mean, you don't have to take my word for it. You can just look at the emails that are publicly available, available in a searchable database where you can actually see the discussion of this. And so I think that the whole thing about inflation is just, I think that's just a, um, that's nothing more than a, of a front that's my two cents on it it's a front 
But what it will do is it will help China. It will help China. I can't even imagine what the CCP response is going to be to this, because this was all earlier today, uh, you know, in the daytime for them, like, wow, you know, very early for us. But I mean, there's there there. The administration is divided on this. And I mean, I, I like the argument that Ty and others have been making in terms of the their opposition to removing these. Now, uh, in addition to this, he announced, this is from the Associated Press, uh, an Indo-Pacific trade deal and wars warning over inflation. He was sitting with uh, the Japanese Prime Minister in a meeting in Tokyo today. Launched a new trade deal with 12 Indo-Pacific nations. They want to strengthen economies and ties, etc. Now, I don't, I'm not necessarily against this, I think we need to do whatever we can to shift our dependence on Chinese manufacturing. And if we if we have to outsource something, then we need to shift our dependency on, I don't know, like if we have to use somebody else's for manufacturing, then why not Japan? You know what the other big miss was? And I was thinking about this. Why in the world did we not become besties with India? I was thinking about this the other day. Because India... They are not, I mean, they, they have hostil. I mean, they have hostilities with China. They were fighting uh, uh, China most recently. They had, remember the little, in the mountains, up in the mountains, they had their little uh, uh, conflicts there with soldiers and it ended up going into hand-to-hand. Uh, but you have a natural buffer, an economic buffer, millions of people who are, you know, supportive of democracy I don't know why we we didn't do more to harvest a relationship, a better relationship there. If we were going to outsource manufacturing somewhere. Now, Japan has been working to incentivize bringing all of their manufacturing, especially out of China, back to Japan. So this, the nations joining this, Australia, Brunei, India, Indonesia, Japan, South Korea, Malaysia. Interesting. New Zealand, Philippines, Singapore, Thailand, Vietnam. That's 40% of the world GDP along with the U.S. So I'm not, I'm not against that at all. I think that's, that's, that's good, and I think that we need to do what I, we're strengthening that. They had also uh, the meeting of the Quad. That's the four-country security group that includes the United States, Japan, and Australia to deal with China in the Pacific. So that was good to have that discussion there. But how successful Biden is, I mean, this can't just be optics. We need to actually, you know, have some, we need to actually strengthen some alliances and do a little bit more than just engage in the photo opportunity provided by these leaders meeting. And now all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's quick five brought to you by Caltech. So San Francisco's archbishop has said that Nancy Pelosi is banned from receiving communion over her abortion stance. He said his move is pastoral, not political, and he's prohibited her from receiving communion in the archdiocese. He said that, I mean, he wrote a a letter to her on Thursday of last week, and it applies to the archdiocese of San Francisco, and her congressional district covers much of that city. And in a separate letter that he sent to priests, he said that uh, that's when he said his move was pastoral and not political. Interesting. 
And you had, what is it? There are a number of Catholic bishops now who support her being banned from receiving communion as a result of her her position. And it's weird because there was a, a story today that said uh, Whoopi Goldberg was saying that you can't do that. I think they can. I think they can kind of determine what they want to happen in their own archdiocese, right? I mean, isn't that kind of how that works? Just, you know, just a thought. Man, UFC Vegas did not go well. So Holly Holm, she was, this is like her first fight in the, what, 20 months, I think. It was like the longest that that she went out, or that she's been out, at least, of fighting. And she was fighting Ketlin Vieira, and she was pretty upset at, with the judges. It was a split decision loss to Vieira. Holm said, and which is true, she said, I felt in my heart that I won the fight. I think she was robbed. That's me, but that's, you know, I still I still think she's, you know, a fantastic fighter. Uh, also, a couple other things here. Australia, they elected a new lefty prime minister. Uh, the This is The Verge. They say that Apple's display, their supplier, they were caught, their display supp- supplier was caught cutting corners on iPhone 14s on an order. And so they're, now they're going to lose out on this. So they could lose out on technically, you know, fewer orders. It's a Chinese display manufacturer of Beijing Oriental Electronics. They could lose out on 30 million orders for the upcoming iPhone 14 because they altered the, the design of the 13s display to increase yield rate. Wow. So coming up next, we have scheduled Jake Schick, who is CEO of the One Tribe Foundation. And they have an event coming up for Memorial Day weekend. We'll talk. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Make sure you sign up for that newsletter over at Chapter and Verse. There's been a lot of headlines in this lately, as especially as we barrel towards Memorial Day. A lot of headlines about, oh, well, we're shifting gears and now we're looking to go into... Uh, send more people to to Africa and we're going to send now we had this discussion with Biden and whether or not we'd be involved in any kind of military engagement as it relates to Taiwan and there's a lot of a lot of families are asking a lot of questions about some of these maneuvers and it strikes home for a lot of people like I said especially as we as we gear up for Memorial Day I mean it's wild that my oldest son who is now 21 I mean he's got a friend who's in Africa serving right now and it's just wild to think of you know, these this he's a young man and he's in the army, but I remember him being, you know, a, a young teenager who had to be dropped off at my front door by his mom and dad when, you know, the kids would get together at the house. It's just wild to see this. And I think, you know, for a lot of people out there, I mean, I know that they look at Memorial Day weekend and they think, oh, it's an extended weekend, you know, whatever, but that's not what it's about. It's not about barbecues and it's not about uh, you know, pool time and, and, and you know, all, you know, relaxing and all that stuff. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a somber observance. And to that point, I think that honestly, I don't think that we do enough to help those who've seen combat and then come back and have to acclimate very quickly back into a civilian life. And a lot of people struggle. And that's why there's an organization called One Tribe that exists to help uh, these servicemen and women. One Tribe Foundation, you can find them at number one, onetribefoundation.org. And they help these uh, these veterans who are dealing with PTS and they try they're trying to stop the suicide rate for those returning from combat. And the guy who created this, 
uh, is a friend of the show. He's a retired Marine, combat Marine, motivational speaker. He's acted CEO of One Tribe Foundation and also carrytheload.org, which has an event coming up this Memorial Day weekend. Jake Schick joins us now via phone. Jake, thank you so much for your service and for everything that you do to help everybody else who's served as well. Appreciate you joining us today. Uh, thank you, Dana, and you're worth it. I appreciate the uh, sentiment and um, very grateful for the time. Of course. I want to I get to the Carry the Load event because this is a great event that you're doing and you can people can get teams and we'll tell you all about that for everybody listening uh, for this Memorial Day weekend. But I wanted to talk too about, about One Tribe Foundation because this, I think, is so incredibly important. I don't think a lot of people realized that the suicide rate of veterans – when people are acclimating back into civilian life, it's it's tough. And I don't know. I don't know why it is that it's only just now in recent years that we're becoming more aware of it. If it was just something that, you know, you weren't supposed to talk about or I don't know what. But um, it was 22 a day. Talk to me a little bit about this and what your foundation does in terms of meeting these these vets where they are and helping them. Sure. Yeah. It, you know, we started at 22 kill back in 2013 with the 22 push up challenge. And we've since evolved into One Tribe Foundation, still having 22Kill be the education awareness piece of what we do on a day-to-day basis. So we started with the awareness campaign, which evolved into being a full-blown mental and emotional wellness organization with multiple programs, both uh, traditional and non-traditional therapies, taking an approach of, just like you said, we have to meet these warriors where they are in order to get them to heal because healing people help people. And so Mm -hmm. since we've gotten to this point, we've since outgrown the moniker of 22 kill because we serve not only military veterans, but firefighters, paramedics, EMTs, law enforcement officers, frontline healthcare workers, and their families. And so we're able to really help these people come out of their rabbit hole and understand that the only thing that's worse than suffering is suffering alone. Yeah. And a lot of times, correct me if I'm wrong on this, a lot of times families call you because there's nobody else they can call. Absolutely. People feel very, very desperate. And, uh, you know, in a lot of cases, uh, we are a last stop. And the whole idea behind One Trap Foundation is the human trap. We're all in this together. We all bleed red. We can still disagree with people and still love them. And we've been dictated to. Uh, that that's not the case. And that is absolutely the case. The thing is, is that we all understand as human beings, one thing puts us all in the same arena and on an even playing ground, and that is trauma and tragedy and pain and suffering. Regardless of race, color, creed, religion, socioeconomic status, where you were raised, how, why, you're going to get hit in the face by that. And that's the one thing we can all lean in and agree on is that we, we all are going to suffer and feel pain at some point. And I really think we're talking with with Jake Schick of One Tribe Foundation as well as CarryTheLoad.org. And we're going to talk about this event that they're gearing up for for Memorial Day weekend in which you all can participate as well. So when I think about stuff that that, you know, uh, uh, combat veterans, you know, or first responders, some of the stuff that these people go through, I mean, ultimately, 
I, it seems like sometimes the best people who can help them are people who've been there. It's like that. Those are the only people, especially if you have some, you know, some some cases where it's really hard to get through to some people who are just really suffering, you know, from the stuff that they've endured. Um, it's real. It's really kind of hard to get through to those people. And that's as you were saying, you know, people who are helped go and help people. Um, I, I I love the I love the idea. Uh, about that. Tell me a little bit about that. And then we're going to get into carry the load just I mean, because really veterans helping veterans. I mean, sometimes I think that that's those are the only people who can. And in large part, that's very true. And you stated earlier, you, you know, you're not sure why we haven't addressed this. And it's, we've only started to talk about this yeah. uh, epidemic years. Well, and I know why. It's because we're conditioned as a society not to talk about things that we don't have a full comprehension of because that makes us uncomfortable. Therefore, we're going to sweep it under the rug and hope it goes away. Well, it's not going away. And we're here to keep talking about it and putting it in people's faces and saying, listen, it's okay to not be okay. And in large part, when you have an alpha male or female walk in these doors and they mm-hmm. say, you know, well, they look at it as a sign of weakness because that's what they've been conditioned to believe and, you know, a guy like me can look at him and go, hey, listen, I just need you to know, uh, don't don't let my fake leg fool you. I, I am a recovering alcoholic, addict, womanizing, blah, 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 every form of self-medication you could think of times three in grander fashions. I understand. I get it. That's why I do what I do. That's why we do what we do. This is no longer a mission for us. This is a movement, and it's global and in large part because of a global pandemic. And that's why we all have to lean in and love hard in order to live well. And we can't Mm. do the last one without fully doing the first two. Yeah, and you made a really good point talking with Jake Schick about the pandemic as well. I didn't realize how many, there were services for veterans that were, I mean, mental health services that where people weren't even able to get in and get the help that they needed for, you know, however long. I mean, it's, um, that. I mean, and, and factoring that into it, is is pretty unbelievable uh we're talking with jake shake you can find him at uh one try foundation as well as carry the load.org you might remember he's been in a couple you i mean you've seen him on television and he's been in some clint eastwood films american sniper you were in the mule as well uh, you were in the stars born too weren't you i was yeah you Thank were you i don't know i don't mean to like totally like just like take the car off onto a side road but i was like i remember yes you were in the star was born as well uh i wanted to ask you about this event that's what we're going to talk about carry the load.org it's uh, a great event that's coming up uh this weekend and people can you know y'all can get teams together it's and it's a it's a great organization and and tell us about this event because it's really kind of bringing a restoration of the true meaning of Memorial Day, not not really what it's been popularized as in recent decades. Absolutely. This will be the 11th year of the Carry the Load Evolution. And the whole idea was started by two Navy SEALs. They're good friends of mine who I refer to as Flipper 1 and Flipper 2. Uh, but <laughs> real good men and good servant leaders. And the whole idea is to restore the true meaning of Memorial Day. Like you said, it's about a hell of a lot more than mattress Mm -hmm. cells and barbecue. And this day, and I'll come back to that, this day is to honor those men and women that believe we were worthy of fighting, bleeding, and dying for. We can at least stop and honor and remember them on the one day they're designated. And uh, the fact that they get a day is disgusting to me, and that's why we call it Memorial May. They at least deserve a month, if not the entire year. Because for God's sake, 
Kentucky. It's an everyday thing. You know, I've buried 33 of my friends who've gone overseas and done what they promised this country they would do, then they came home and died by their own hand. I know eight that were killed in combat. This is something that is very near and dear to my heart, and me almost being a statistic myself on multiple occasions, the least we can do is show up, bring our families, and show our children what freedom is all about, that it is not given, that free in of itself is a made-up marketing word. Somebody somewhere paid for it somehow. Nothing's free. And people should get involved and show up and pay forward on this day. Put in your sweat equity. Put in your sweat equity to show these men and women that they were, they're not lost in vain. Because the last time someone truly dies is the last time their story is told. And it's up oh, to that's us a great saying. Exactly. And it's up to us as the gatekeepers of these legacies to live well. That's the only way to tr- truly, truly honor them. There's no ribbon. There's no plaque or piece of paper or designation. We have to wake up and live well every single day. I love this. It's a Memorial May event. We're talking with Jake Schick, and you can find out more information about this event at carrythelow.org because it's, it's, it's all about remembering. I mean, and that's what Memorial Day is. I mean, you're, you're looking at people who, who died you know, while serving, and it's, it's always you know, at the very end of May, but I really like the Memorial May idea. So you can sign up. There's the march. There's rallies. There's a relay, uh, and you can get together a team, and it, and it raises money. Uh, for not just awareness and advocacy, but I love how open, by the way, Jake, you are with everything as well, because I think it encourages other people to sort of, even if they aren't comfortable talking about it, at least it, it encourages them in their ease with which they identify if there is an issue. And that's so incredibly important. Um, but people can go to carry the log carrythelow.org and you can register and and I you know get get the fam involved I mean I think it's I think it's a, a I mean that's like a really great I mean come on it's a great thing to do on Memorial May weekend which now I'm going to start saying now uh, but I I so appreciate you doing this and Jake I have to tell you it kind of you know when you talk about veterans who are who are serving and 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 even first responders and some of the stuff that they see that average Americans don't because I really do believe that people go into combat and get on the front line of this stuff I think y'all are cut from a different cloth but it, it reminds me of, you know, like uh, Frodo in Lord of the Rings because, you know, he has, he carries this ring. He does it voluntarily and he carries the rings to protect the Shire. And people in the Shire don't even know what's happening. And you go through, you watch this whole series, all the Lord of the Rings films, and you're like, you get aggravated towards the end of the film. You get so aggravated that people in the Shire are living their lives and they don't even realize what, you know, these heroes that you've been watching for this entire series, everything that they've endured, things that have changed who they are. And, and you get aggravated at the other hobbits in the Shire because they don't see what Frodo and his friends have undergone and, and the, what they've what they've had to go through. But then you realize that they did it so that life could continue. And when people aren't even aware, sometimes, uh, you know, it's it's I think maybe in some ways it's a testament to how good of a job, you know, uh, that has been done to protect them. And you guys, I just take you and you and so many other people remind me of that. I had to tell you. Well, I, you know, listen, I'm, I'm humbled and I'm honored and I'm privileged. And for me, the thing is, is, you know, people always ask me, you know, Jake, how can we help? How can I help? What can we do? Time, talent, and treasure. If you're not willing to sacrifice one of some of one of those three things, you're talking. Mm -hmm. And there's enough talkers. Sacrifice and service is synonymous. Those are kissing cousins. You can't do one without the other. And this carry the load evolution is one way to show up and say, hey, we're here to honor them because we believe in what we've got. And you can complain about this country all you want. Anyone can, 
but there's a reason you can in the safety of your own home and sleep at peace at night because there's men and women standing at the ready to do violence on our behalf because they believe we're worth it. But I'm going to encourage your audience, if you're going to go to carrytheload.org and click on register, if you want to be a part of a winning team, the one that's going to win, you got to join One Tribe Foundation's Team 22 Kill, and uh, you'll be a part of the winning team because we don't show up to anything to come in second. There's no point. Yeah, that's what I would do. I would, I'd, I'd do that. Everybody's going to go and join that one. That's what they'll do. Oh, Jake Schick, I so appreciate everything that you that you do. One Tribe Foundation, it's numeral one when you go online to look. One Tribe Foundation, carrytheload.org as well. Jake Schick, appreciate your service to our country and uh, your service even after you've retired. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Dennis. The Disinformation Governance Board is paused after Americans overwhelmingly rejected it. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, I'll also speak with rancher Wayne King about how the border has turned into a complete disaster since the Biden administration took office. I'll also respond to the latest insanity from abortion activists and share the powerful pro-life message from my friend, Congressman Burgess Owens. Join me. Follow The Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Dana Show, sponsored by 30 years of game-changing Caltech innovation, like the P-50, a new breed of pistol. Innovation. Performance. Caltech. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. This might be my, it's only Monday, but this might be my favorite Florida man headline so far this week. Police find meth in a man's sock during a traffic stop at Cracker Barrel. Woo! 28-year-old Florida man. I cannot believe this man is 28 years old. Nicholas Bruno? This man don't look 28 years old, I have to say. He reportedly had meth in his sock and a pipe in his pocket. He was pulled over for speeding at the Cracker Barrel. He made his way to Leesburg. Uh, he's a police officer observed a black four door car traveling south at high speed on US 40 on US 441 radar showed him going 72 and a 45. So they did a traffic stop pulls him over in a cracker barrel. The driver Nicholas Bruno he knew why he was being pulled over. He goes I had to have been doing at least 80 and the officer immediately smelled pot coming from the open window of the vehicle. And then Bruno goes, yeah, there might be some remnants left over in the car. And then Bruno said he had a bubble in his pocket. And that's a term used to describe the glass pipe used to smoke narcotics. And he said he had used the pipe recently to smoke meth, according to the report. And when they removed the pipe from Bruno's pocket, they, in fact, observed it contained a burnt residue consistent with meth. He was searched and he had meth on him. He tested positive for meth and he had enough, apparently, like he had a good enough amount on him where he was booked on charges of possession of meth, possession of drug paraphernalia. He bonded out at $3,000. He's supposed to be in Lake County Court on June 13th. Supposed to be. So I have a feeling that we might have him back in the headlines again. We'll just see. Uh, Sheriff says a man drove his own car into his Deltona home and then falsely reported the vehicle as being stolen. He has been charged after officials say he drove his own car into a nearby home, and then he said it was stolen. Volusia County Sheriff's Office, uh, they charged 20-year-old Amandora Rodriguez with leaving the scene of a crash on private property. Yeah, you can't lie to cops on stuff like that. Stick with us. Third hour on the way. Given all of that, are you confident that the U.S. can avoid a recession? We, in this transition, the United States is in a better place uh, than any other country because of those strengths. If you think about where we have come from, 
We have navigated through Delta and Omicron. We've navigated through the gyrations coming from Putin's war in Ukraine. And still, the American consumer, the American business has been resilient through this period. And so if we keep our focus on bringing inflation yeah. down in a way that actually helps families... But you're not saying no. We, look, there are always risks, but we feel very good about where the United States is, particularly when you look on the global landscape. Hmm. Yeah, so it looks like they're, the administration's not wanting to be entirely accurate as to whether or not we can avoid a recession. Doesn't seem like it. Brian Deese is uh, he's part of, he's, he's under uh, Biden. He works on the National Economic Council. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem like he's. No, he's not gonna he's not gonna answer that question. Welcome back to the show, Dana Lash here, third hour of the program with you. They can't really answer a whole heck of a lot, and it. I just, I mean, I can't see how this is gonna get any better. the The credit market warnings are piling up. I was looking at the bear traps report, and this is a, a investment research. It's an economic website. And they're saying the Fed is promising a trillion dollars of quantitative tightening over the next 12 months. Uh, Only they said only junk bonds, only two junk bonds are priced in May in the U.S. high yield bond market. No deals in the pipeline per institutional clients. And it's not looking good. And the Fed wants to try to normalize monetary policy with rate hikes and uh, a balance sheet runoff schedule. And I, I don't know how this is not some, this is not a long term, obviously not a long term solution. So doesn't look like the credit markets are responding well to Powell's plan here. And they're misjudging once again, financial stability risks. This is not, this is not looking well, just saying. So maybe Maybe hold off on any kind of big purchases. This is crazy. And then on top of this, I just saw this headline. It flew past my eye uh, a little bit ago while we were on air. And you know how we went through our strategic petroleum reserve and now we're facing to have an SPR shortage. Well, the Biden administration, because diesel and I I said, I think it was maybe a couple of weeks ago, I said, diesels, we're going to get in that kind of position with diesel because uh, when we have these refineries start uh, dealing with this, with uh, the production of diesel, because we're going to we're dealing with a shortage here. So the administration is now in talks to tap into the federal diesel reserve to address energy shortfalls. This is crazy. There, uh, the Hill reports an interagency team of officials has been monitoring East Coast diesel supplies and developing policy recommendations to address them. And they are preparing declarations for the president, emergency declarations for the president to authorize to release from the Northeast Home Heating Oil Reserve if conditions deteriorate. They said it's a bridge to deal with short term supply shortfalls. And the Northwest Home Heating Oil Reserve was created in 2000. It's a stockpile of about a million barrels of home heating oil. It's small. It's, com- it's considered to be limited long-term use. Maybe for the whole region, there might be a day supply. And they only got into it once, actually, back in 2012 after Superstorm Sandy. So they say, well, this is a consequence of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. That's how literally the White House is, resp- has, is couching this. They're saying, no, no. It's a consequence of uh, Ukraine's invasion or Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and uh, and that's you know it's Russia, it's Putin's price hike. That's that's what it is. 
Now, this was also reported by CNN as well. It's not going to reduce any prices because it's too small. They said, well, no, the, the, the point is to uh, avert any kind of disruptive spot outages. Whew. Diesel, $6 a gallon. It was actually approximately $5.58 last Wednesday, according to AAA. That's wild. I mean, to see it from that much, that much. Unbelievable. It's getting worse. It's just getting worse and worse. So I, you know, I wish I didn't wish I didn't have to say that, but I, we just don't have anybody. Good heavens. We don't have anybody who's making big kid decisions. In New York City, they've declared a state of emergency because of the baby formula. I, I don't know how him declaring a state of emergency is going to give him any more power or authority to be able to do something about this. Because the other part of this, too, is there's a number of things. I mean, I would think that their crime rate is a national emergency, but they haven't done it. He hasn't done anything like that. There's not, he's not going to sign a declaration and then formula is going to appear on the shelves. He declared a state of emergency yesterday. So what they're going to, he says that the city's going to crack down on price gouging. I don't know if they've been having a problem on price gouging. I don't think that they've had anything on the shelves long enough to price gouge. I mean, if he wants to prevent, you know, I don't know who would try to, who would price gouge on this. Shame on those people who do. Man, I leave, so I, okay, sidebar, so I get on Amazon. If I see price gouging on stuff like this, I'll write the nastiest thing. I'll give you the nastiest review ever. And you will deserve it. It's like a South Park episode. But he's apparently he's only like going after realtors, realtors, sorry, retailers. And he's not, I don't know, retailers, I don't see any retailers jacking up their prices. I mean, like I said, individual sellers like on eBay or Amazon who might do that. I mean, that's that's something different. I don't know if they're doing it on street corners or not. Maybe they're going to have some of the counterfeit merchandise on street corners be replaced with baby formula. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it at this point. Apparently, it's that bad there. But he's not going to, he actually, when he was, when he declared the state of emergency, Eric Adams, the mayor up there, he didn't actually say what steps he was going to take to actually, you know, practically address it and and get more supplies. He just said, it's going to be a couple of months, you know, before anything gets back to normal. Okay, well, then why do you, I don't understand why he's got to, I don't know why he signed, I don't know, maybe him signing the emergency, uh, state of emergency declaration, if that gives him, I don't know. I don't know what it does. So I told you, too, that there was a military plane. And this is, let me pull this up. This is a couple of different, I have uh, several different sources on this. The first shipment of uh, baby formula on a military plane, even though we could, I mean, we have entire private entities that are involved in shipping, who could ship formula from Europe. The problem isn't a shipping issue. The problem is a government regulation issue that confiscates and destroys privately purchased uh, baby formula from Europe. It, it's seized before it even can actually make its way into the country. And so they, they, they had to do the Operation Fly formula, which sounds kind of like a horror film, like a formula for baby flies. I don't know. But it uh, came in from Rammstein Air Base in Germany. 
And, oh boy, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack, he was there with bells on to greet its arrival. And they had Karine Jean-Pierre. She was, you know, she was telling this, the press that it weighed 78,000 pounds. And there's going to be a couple of these flights that come in from Europe. Now, it's, it's hypoallergenic formula. And the problem is that I think some of this is going to be going through hospitals. It's not going to be on regular store shelves. So it's not like you can go to a store to purchase this. And it's apparently only a one-week supply. So it's going right to healthcare facilities uh, like hospitals, doctor's offices, and pharmacies. So it's not in, in home healthcare. So it's not even going to be on store shelves. This is not even, it's not even on, on store shelves. So, and this is the hypoallergenic stuff. So I don't know what, I mean, apparently, I don't, and they didn't say whether the subsequent flights that they have, if that's going to be the regular stuff, because this apparently is the the formula for babies that deal that have trouble with dairy and all this other stuff. I don't know. It's hypoallergenic, so if you have a milk allergy, it's for those babies and toddlers, and it, it requires a special formula. And this is a, the 132 pallets of Nestle Health Science Alpha Mino Infant and Alpha Mino Junior. It's enough specialty infant formula for a week. One week. And it's one week and not going to be on regular store shelves. Wow. So for the babies who don't have milk allergies and who can drink the regular stuff, apparently they have to wait for, I guess, the regular old supply chain to get caught up. And the the White House said it was, they said it was, uh, this is according to uh, Reuters, incremental relief. And the Defense Production Act, and this is via The Hill, they said that the White House is going to announce the first of two Defense Production Act authorizations of infant formula so that Abbott Nutrition can now receive priority or orders of raw materials like sugar and corn syrup for infant formula, which the White House said will allow the manufacturer to increase production quickly by a third. The uh, owner of Mead Johnson, Reckitt, can now receive priority orders of consumables like filters and other single-use products necessary to generate certain oils needed to pr- produce infant formula. They can operate at maximum capacity. I, I don't know why did they only issue any kind of DPA authorization now and this should have been a, a, a major story. And, and, and I'll say it again. Two weeks ago, I sat here and I told you all that the White House wasn't planning or Congress wasn't planning on having any hearings about this until the 25th. So if they would have stayed on that schedule, we they would not have talked about this again literally in for like a couple of days. I don't know why this and, and we know that this has been an issue for a year now. And the FDA messing and the fda caused the situation with abbott the abbott facilities they that was a voluntary recall there were two infants and they are assuming it's related to like a salmonella or some kind of bacteria but abbott they voluntarily did a recall and they scoured their facility and they said look and they even had like an independent whatever come out a health inspector or something like that they were saying that the where the formula was being processed and 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 packaged was nowhere near where any bacteria potentially could have been. So they they said there's no way this happened in Sturgis, the Sturgis facility. Uh, 
But the FDA made them shut down anyway. The FDA has all these ridiculous restrictions and regulations that created this whole mess. And that baby formula bill that Republicans didn't want to support last week, all that bill did was give the FDA literally millions more of our taxpayer dollars and further power, but without additional oversight for that. That is not a good deal. So it's understandable why there were Republicans that voted against it. There were some who were saying, why did why are we giving money to the FDA? The, I mean, and some smart Republicans were saying, and there I think it was Manchin who was saying this too, a Democrat, saying that why why don't we like roll back these restrictions on imports of formula from Europe? That, doesn't that seem like the smart thing to do? That way, I mean, I'm telling you right now, I could order something from Europe online and I could have it here in like a couple of days. You're telling me that you you could do the same thing with baby formula if you wanted to, but the problem isn't the companies and it's not the manufacturers. The problem is this government. That's why, because you can't import that stuff in. The FDA said, well, you know, we can't be assured and I look, I get if you as a parent are worried and you can read the fine print, some powders, you have to make sure that it's temperate, you know, temperature controlled X, Y, Z. Some are different. The FDA is like they have to meet these restrictions or we're not going to allow it in. They have to meet these these guidelines or we're not going to allow this formula in. Well, and that's apparently like the bulk of the stuff that can be ordered over there. And so that's why stuff was getting confiscated. If you get the government out of the way, parents are parents, I think, like their children, love their children more than the government does. So I think I'm going to trust parents to determine how to best solve this situation. All the government needs to do is allow them to do it. We have more to come. And as uh, we got headlines on the way as well. And now all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five brought to you by Caltech. So. This uh, this story is, I saw this yesterday and I could not believe this story. <sighs> a 15-year-old girl was at a Dallas Mavericks game at the American Airlines Center on April 8th with her family. And she went to the restroom, was kidnapped by pedophiles. It took, uh, what is it, 14, no, 11 days. It took 11, almost 11 days after she was kidnapped for her to be found. She was reported, her dad raised the alarm because she never returned to her seat. They asked Dallas police to investigate. The department wouldn't do so because Texas Family Code Law. They finally found her with the help of an organization. I'll talk a little bit about this more. We're a little short this time, but unbelievable story. Stick with us. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's Chapter and Verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. The ideal is for um, Republicans in Congress to stop pointing fingers because pointing fingers is the easy thing to do, right? Um, I am I'm in Arizona. We live in the SB 1070 state and the Arpaio state. We have seen this narrative, this false narrative, play over and over again for more than a decade. And uh, President Trump perfected it. It is um, it is so, fodder for, and it's red meat for the base and it's tiring. And these are just stupid talking points that are completely meaningless. This was a, a welcome back to the show, Dana Lash here. That was a, a Democrat mayor in Tucson, Tucson mayor, saying that 
Republicans are using immigration as fodder and red meat for the base. And not even Republicans. It's actually Democrats. Henry Cuellar is not a Republican. Some of these other people are not Republicans. Good grief. What I don't even understand what that means. They're using it as like what do you, what is the what narrative? I think these people say this this stuff and they don't even know it just they just they're talking and they have no idea what they're saying. What do you mean it's a narrative? What's a narrative? Oh, it's they're using it as fodder and red meat for the base. What exactly about it is considered red meat? Or she just throws out these phrases because she was asked a difficult question. So her only answer is to deflect by using buzzwords and making it out like it's a concocted story. The outrage is false because the story is concocted. Well, none of this is true. I mean, the people, I don't know if this has to be explained by the... And I'm just saying this because it's it, this is true. The mostly white reporters in New York, D.C. I don't know if they realize this, having never been to the border, but um, a lot of the people who live at the border there, you are looking at predominantly Americans who are Hispanic. Border Patrol, predominantly Hispanic. Uh, and a lot of the Democrats at the border are very, very, very much who some of them are. They're not like far left Hispanics. Like Henry Cuellar is not really far left. And there's, you know, even there's more that are more local and, you know, like mayors and, you know, state reps, etc. But they all have a, a pretty big problem with this because it's an issue of criminal activity, of overburden of resources. And further, these are people who... They administrate and pay taxes on this sovereign area and they want to be able to understand who is coming into the country in an orderly fashion. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, this Democrat mayor, apparently, I don't think that she's talking to her constituency because everybody who is at the border and everyone who lives in border towns, whether it's in uh, the RGV area, doesn't matter. Everyone is all saying the same thing. And there are a lot of Democrats out there that are saying the same thing, too. You have to control who's coming into the border. When you have, I mean, what on, I think what is an average a week, what they're expecting, because right now they say it's a couple thousand right now a week. Well, that alone is bigger than the town I came from. In Missouri, when you consider the use of resources, etc., that's a huge issue. Also, if you're talking about having, let's just even assume that people are coming in and they want to go and they want to become American citizens. Let's just assume for a minute that every single person's doing that. You have to think of immigration judges and immigration court and the backlog that this makes. There's another reason why that there's a process. So you do not have, you, you can't break the law and then demand to follow the lawful process after you break the law. That's not how that works. I mean, it's a problem. Anywhere else you'd be jailed, but in the United States, apparently, it's considered rude, and it's because, I don't know, the United States is a big country. I don't know what it is. We're not allowed. I have ideas. But that's not fodder. It's a real thing. What's fodder is using people at the border and creating this beacon system where children are exploited, where people are drowning in the Rio because you refuse to uphold the law. And using that as fodder 
while you sit on your backsides in, you know, your ivory temples and you say that, oh, well, it's because they, you know, they just, they're just, it's a narrative. They're, they, they're, they're only objecting because they don't like uh, people who are immigrating into the country. No, we don't like people drowning in the Rio. We don't like toddlers being, you know, left and abandoned on river banks for Border Patrol to hopefully find. We don't like people coming in without knowing who they are. That's what we don't like. I wanted to address this thing, too, because this apparently is still being pushed forward. And I made mention of this, and I am working on a piece about it now. Um, This ridiculous, absolute ridiculous um, law that's being pushed. This is the Democrats' new gun control bill. We've talked about it before, but it's still going through. It's a bill where Senate Democrats... And it was introduced on Thursday. And it would require all Americans to obtain a five-year FFL. And that's, that FFL is a federal firearms license before purchasing a singular gun. And if your license is revoked, the, the bill authorizes the government to confiscate your guns. Now, I love how this, this piece gets into, well, the, it's called the Federal Firearms Licensing Act. We already have federal firearms licenses, and I'll explain in a moment. It says the Federal Firearm Licensing Act would force Americans to undergo firearm safety training, include written tests, hands-on training, in order to get their license. They would have to undergo a background check and submit fingerprint. They, you know, everybody already has to undergo a background check. Oh, and then it raises the age of ownership to 21. Here's what it doesn't say. Now, we have a federal firearms license system. We have the Firearms Control Act. We have the, uh, a couple of different, there's gun control, there was gun control passed in 68, one passed in the 30s, and then you have the Brady Bill, which was in the 90s, which essentially established the background check system that was a compromise in exchange for a multi-day waiting period. Now, you also have what you call federal firearms licensees. And these are people who, there's several different types. There's several different types of federal firearms licenses and depending on what you do uh you have to get a specific license depending on what you do and it's it's typically for businesses so you have like people who are dealers like firearms repair dealer and firearms gunsmithing uh you have uh, pawnbrokers that's a whole separate ffl then you have collector of curios and relics that's called a type 03 now remember that and those the curios and relics there's very very strict re- restrictions on that So if you get like an old-timey gun, right? Like I have an old-timey gun. Uh, And you collect, you know, they they get into, if you're a collector of curios and relics and you engage in that, you know, kind of transaction, um, they have like a, I think it's like what it has to be, there's there's all kinds of restrictions on it. Like it has to be X amount of years old, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, You have manufacturers of ammunition, importers, dealers in destructive devices, um, armor piercing ammunition, importers of such things. Um, so there's, you know, a number of different, there's like what, 10 types, 11 types of FFLs. Now, in order to get an FFL, you have to go through a whole bunch of stuff. And in order to remain compliant, you have to undergo audits with the ATF. And that's for all FFLs, even O3s, because I've read up on this. And it even now they may not do it, but in the law, 
it states as such. And that was apparently codified as part of the Gun Control Act of 68. And so here's the thing. They get into the, the types of audits. This means that they can actually go to your home or your property or whatever and they can inspect. They can inspect what you have. They can look at every single thing that you have and to ensure compliance, you have to keep your records for life. And it says that they have to go and they can where you know where, wherever your uh, the property that's listed, and they can inspect. So essentially, what this bill does, and it also moves uh, administration of all of this from ATF to DOJ. Interesting. What this does is it makes you forfeit your Fourth Amendment to exercise your Second Amendment. That's what this bill does. It's not constitutional. It would not at all reduce any crime. And it doesn't do it. I mean, it absolutely is stupid. It's just stupid. There's no way it would hold up in court. It makes everyone an FFL, which creates a registry. It tells the government exactly what you have, where you have it, and then you have to ask permission for the government under this bill to, main, to keep your stuff, and you have to allow government agents. Now, how do you think Democrats, how in the world do Democrats expect to do audits on millions of American homes? I, and you, they don't have to have a warrant to do it. If you have an FFL, in order to maintain compliance, the government can come audit you sans warrant. Again, it's a complete forfeit of your Fourth Amendment. This is one of the reasons why I don't like FFLs and I don't like the Gun Control Act of 68, but that's a whole other discussion. So the argument is that you have to uh, forfeit your fourth to exercise your second. I don't like anything about that. This is why I am super hardcore about soft on the second Republicans in the Senate. Like Dr. O- the Dr. Oz's, the Eric Greitens, who turned the Capitol into a gun-free zone and who wouldn't support constitutional carry and who blasted Missouri's Second Amendment Protection Act using Bloomberg's mom's demand language verbatim. This is why I'm real weird on soft the second Republicans, because I don't trust any of these cats to vote the right way when stuff like this comes up. Pretty crazy. So... They would make everybody a federal firearms licensee, which creates a de facto registry, and then they would make you forfeit your Fourth Amendment to exercise your second. Now, I don't see this bill passing, but I'm telling you what, if you had more Democrats in the Senate, it would. Oh, I'm not kidding. It would. Now, yeah, it would be litigated six ways to Sunday, but then we're in court because we failed to do our basic duty at the ballot box and prevent people who vote for this type, who propose this type of legislation from even getting these elected seats in the first place. This is why you should care about whoever, no matter what state they're in. This is why every, especially when it's this close, every Senate race, you might as well treat it like your race. But that also means you need to do your double due diligence when watching races in your local area, like I was doing with that Frederick Frazier in Texas, running for a Texas state seat, because he's against, uh, well, I mean, basically 2A. He's not a 2A guy. He's a, he's He was against constitutional carry, open carry, campus carry, all, hates the carry. You got to watch these cats.
Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. I cannot believe that this is a headline. The federal government is investing in machines that suck giant amounts of carbon dioxide out of the air in the hopes of reducing damage from climate change. It's an ABC News piece. Um, you mean like plants and trees? That's what they do. This is an actual thing. I'm not making this headline up. I, tw- I, like, I tweeted this. The federal government is investing in machines that, that suck giant, giant amounts so, so dumb, of carbon dioxide out of the air. They want to reduce damage from climate change. I mean, that's, again, literally, that's the tree's job and the plant's job. That's what they do. That's like part of it. I can't believe. So what are they going to use to make these machines? Are they, how much you want to bet? They're going to like have to, their machines will probably be powered by fossil fuels. Of course they will, because they're going to, this is like, I don't know of anything that perfectly illustrates Rube Goldberg than this right now. They say we've got a, that we're building direct air capture facilities. They're going to use giant fans to suck carbon dioxide out of the air and store it underground. Again, trees and plants do this. That's what they do. Trees and plants do this. Um, and it sounds like, I don't, I mean, they don't get into great detail, as to what they will use to make these machines, but it sounds like they're going to use a lot of electric, which is mostly over 85% generated in coal-powered plants. So it is, yes, fossil fuel-powered. So I have no words. This is such a bizarre government, a very bizarre government. And then, of course, this coupled with the we've got a we've got military planes to do what commercial carriers could do if we didn't block all their stuff. There's a great piece at Wall Street Journal about this. Like it's literally called Why is the FDA seizing baby formula during a baby formula shortage? And it gets into exactly what's going on. You can read about you can get into the weeds with the. Um, restrictions, etc. But it's true. There's, I, it's just wild to me that they are. It's the weirdest flex ever. And commercial carriers have a way bigger. They have way more capacity. I don't know. I mean, now we're relying on foreign formula too. Amazing. Uh, all right, today in stupidity. Steve. All right, an MSNBC contributor was on a podcast. His name is Glenn Kirshner, and he said that uh, Samuel Alito should uh, face some prop- problems for this. The message was you have nothing to worry about with the continued viability of Roe v. Wade if you confirm me. That was a flippin' lie in substance, and let's not let him get away with it, Dean, because... Get away hmm. with it? Yeah, get a- Yeah, what? Get away with what? Golly. All right, folks, I'm going to be on, I'm scheduled to be on Jesse Waters, Waters World on Fox this evening in the 6 p.m. Central Hour. And then, of course, I will be back on air with you tomorrow. Sign up for the newsletter over at Substack, Chapter and Verse. Have a great night.